If you enjoy listening to inspirational stories from people just like us, facing the fear and doing it anyway, then you're in the right place. My name is Claire Hill and this is the No Rest for the Vivid podcast. Hello, welcome to the No Rest for the Vivid podcast. This is episode three of the Warrior Wednesday series. And I have the amazing Sharon here from How She Felt, um, one of our founding warriors who has been here since the beginning. Uh, welcome, Sharon, to the podcast. That sounded a bit too professional, didn't it, actually? Welcome. It's like Kilroy. Welcome Very good. Welcome to the podcast, Sharon. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Good. <laughs> Would you like to introduce yourself for people that don't know who you are, what you do, where you come from and all of that? Okay. Hello. <laughs> I'm Sharon and my business is called How She Felt. Um, and my main craft passion is needle felting. Um, I'm a mum to four children, two of them who aren't even children anymore. And yeah, try to conquer the world with needle felt. <laughs> How did you get into the business? How did it start? Because you've been running the business for a little while. Yeah, it's been quite a while now. Um, I actually started a Facebook page um, first, which was when I was on maternity leave with Fletcher, so 13 years ago now. Um, But it wasn't doing needle felting then. I was making cards and crochet and just sort of playing with different crafts that I could then try and make a little bit of money from and it was just a hobby then it wasn't really a business um I started it mainly because my cousin had done a page herself for her jewelry making so I thought oh I could have a go at that and keep me busy while I was on my maternity leave but I think the crafting side of things goes back even further even when I was a small child and if you speak to my mum, she'll always tell you that my bedroom was a mess, but it was just little scraps of paper with doodles on and little bits of writing. But um, it's a very crafty family that I come from, so I think it was just a natural. Christmas presents were always craft kits, and I remember sitting in the summer house around my nan's with her knitting, and my mum was always sewing. There was always a sewing machine going off in the corner of the room when I was growing up, so... Yeah, I think it was in my blood. <laughs> I love that. And do you remember the first time that you felted something? How did you fall into being so um, artistic and, and enjoying all of these different crafts? How, why was it felting that you sort of like, no, let me start again. How did you land on felting to think, oh, this is, I really love this? Yeah, um, I think. Like I say, I've always loved any kind of craft. And then it was when I think Fletcher was about a year old and I was getting, could have been pregnant with Deacon, I'm not sure now. But um, it was sort of Christmas time and I was thinking, well, I I always like to have something to do between that Christmas and New Year where you're just sort of sitting about with all the rubbish on TV and eating the quality street. So, um. I'd bought a needle felt kit from, it was another page, I think, on Facebook, just so that I could have a go. 
and as soon as I started I think it just felt quite a, a magical process even now it still amazes me that just from one needle and a handful of fluff that these little characters appear and it just felt that it was right for me I don't know whether it was just so I feel that I'm good at it because I think it took me a long while to feel that but as soon as I'd made my first little thing which I still have sitting up there <laughs> and um, I was like oh I need more I need to buy more stuff and at the time needle felting wasn't really a very well-known craft that's quite new I think it's only really actually been around since sort of like the late 80s when I've sort of researched little bits and I just wanted to learn everything that I could but I soon realised that actually it's really hard to learn needle felting because needle felting is your style right. is how you learn so there are people who make needle felt that is a lot looser in finish than mine there's some that are even better at tidying up all those little edges than I am so it's a very individual thing and I think that's what I liked so much about it because yes there have been people that have copied certain things along the way but they just can't get that side from me <laughs> mm. so even if they try and make something exactly the same then it's never going to look the same I did teach a friend of mine how to needle felt and she still does needle felt now but um just more as a hobby but even though we I've taught her how I do something she still comes out with a completely different end result so it's mm. just yeah I do feel it's magical and it's just my passion I just love it so it's um always looking for new colors and new ways of doing things and I'm still learning even after 12 years of doing it yeah I actually have never, I've never tried felting. And though I've seen you in, in the Warrior Workspace working, I still don't understand how, and I know you've just said that, but how it's basically a ball of fluff, isn't it? Yeah. Turns into these beautiful, intricate designs with little faces and personalities and you've done that with just it just does it boggles <laughs> my mind and I think that's why I've never really thought about it because I just don't understand like the engineering of the technical part of it yeah so do you, is it because the needle's just going into the fluff and it's just bringing the fibers together yeah the needles this is one of the needles which I know is rubbish on a podcast you're not going to yeah, understand well, it, it so but, um, on the end part it has like little barbed bits. Oh, right. So as you stab it in, it will take some of the fibre into what you're stabbing. As it comes out, it will push them out and it knots them because they're matting. Oh, and the, it sort of starts off as you could, oh, it's just this fluff. So almost as if you've gone up to the sheep and you've pulled it off. <laughs> but it has been cleaned and everything so yeah as you poke into it it will felt that little part and as it comes out it felts another part and you have different um, needles are 
for fine felting or for when you're first making like a core of something, you use a, like, a heavier needle so that it mats it sort of quicker and will go deeper into the work. So if you ever see a big piece of needle felting, it won't have started out that big. It will probably have started out that big because you have to build layer and layer and layer. So it's not just a normal needle then? I think no. I thought it was. <laughs> no, and they're very, very sharp. And the first time you have a go at needle felting, you will stab yourself. <laughs> and you'll never stop. <laughs> Love that. So what's the next big dream for the business? Um, well, you know a lot of it anyway, because I've <laughs> had a little chat with you about it. But <laughs> yeah, I think... Real, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I keep saying it, putting it out into the universe. Um, yeah, I think I do want to do workshops and I want to teach. I think that probably goes back to my childcare qualifications that I've always wanted to, to teach, but I always wanted to teach art and making things and just sort of, yeah, expressing yourself in different ways. So, um it would be nice if I can get that little bit of courage to actually do the workshops. I am going to do them. I've put it out there now, so it has to happen, but it's quite nerve-wracking. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it is that. And I also want to um, bring in some of like my – I have the last couple of years really woken up to the fact that I am quite a spiritual person and I want to bring that into my work as well. So. Yeah, there's lots, lots to come still. I feel like I had a really long and slow development to get me here. And now it's like, I'm ready. What's the next bit? <laughs> oh, yeah. So you are ready. Yeah. You've just said yeah. it now. Yeah. You're ready. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's where, I mean, um, we'll talk about the Vivi Club in a minute. But when we did our very first um, meetup, which was um, just over a year ago, um, you came and you were terrified of coming down to Coventry where we yeah. had our first one you were terrified but you did it anyway yeah and I think that that part of your life was a a, a massive turning point and I mean I'm, I'm obviously talking for you at this point because I've, I know you so well but that point for you was that even if I'm scared look what I can achieve yeah. And so looking back at your experience of what you've achieved, even when you were terrified and nervous. Yeah. <laughs> the evidence says that you can do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And it was definitely worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I can't wait for the next one. <laughs> yeah, two weeks. Even though I'm terrified because I'm getting a train on my own, which I've never done. <laughs> your episode actually comes out the day after we finish the event yeah the day after so tell um everyone about the vivi club what why are you in it what do you get out of it um why do you find it um i'm gonna speak no i'm gonna stop there i'm just i was gonna ask you another question i was like i'll just let you speak <laughs> um i think i've been looking for something for a long time um it's very lonely working from home, um, even though I get to come to work in the garden. But um, 
I needed something to make it feel more real to me, more of a business. Um, and, yeah, I think the main thing that started was I saw um, Jojo from Jojo's Little Studio, and she was doing her first ever speaking story. And she said, oh, I'm here because I was made to be here by Claire, who I've done this training with. And I was thinking, oh, that's quite good. If she's feeling that confidence to be able to speak on her stories, then this Claire must be quite good. I'll have a little look and see what I can find out about her. And um, I started to follow you on Vivid Wire and on um, the Vivid Club. And... I could see a lot of me in like other people who were joining and who were interacting and your stories made me laugh and I'll always remember the <laughs> Claire likes things long and green <laughs> and that, that was it that was what sold you to me so it's all about chopping lakes I just love yeah. chopping lakes which is nearly <laughs> like chopping lake season with the students <laughs> Yeah, and I think it was around this sort of time of year as well that um, and you started talking about doing the second round of the warrior training. And I was umming and ahhing and thinking, oh, I don't know, I'm not going to be able to make the live calls. And it was still like, should I invest in myself was quite a big stepping stone for me because I hadn't ever sort of thought that I had a business that was okay to invest in but when you said that the um workshops would be recorded so you could catch up and then you started to talk about the vivid club afterwards as well so once you'd done that you'd be one of the founding members and I just thought this is something that I'm going to kick myself for if I don't go for it so yeah I signed up and it was everything that I needed it to be so I suddenly had friends who yes you live in my phone but I don't feel so on my own and everybody helps each other out and it's just so supportive. So um, considering I come from childcare profession and my last childcare job, I was in an all-female team and it, it was so toxic mm. and I hated having to walk out of the room because I thought I've sat here and listened to you all having a moan about the person that walked out before me I know that as soon as I walk out you're going to be talking about me <laughs> and I know some of that is probably just in my mind or anything and I do still sometimes have days where I think oh I can't put that in the group chat everyone's going to think I'm losing the plot or they're all going to be talking about me behind my back and there's I love the group chat because they keep me company but then I think well they could all have another group chat which I'm not aware of <laughs> And that's when my head just gets ahead of me and um, I have to bring it back because I know that I don't think there's a bad bone in the whole group. I think everybody's so lovely. And um, I think that shows that everybody that has joined, we all wanted that same same thing. And um, that's why it works so well, I suppose. And I can't wait to see everybody again. And just... Um, it's just opened up my world, even though it is quite a small thing that everybody's in my phone. But 
I've got friends all over the country now and I travel all over the country to get to see you and to work with you and that's just that's what I needed from it and I love the zooms and I love the workspace and yeah it's hard to have a, a down day when everybody's sort of trying to cheer you up or just giving you a little cheer when you need it so yeah. it's definitely been worth it and there's so much more to come I know there is so and it's so nice to have uh, you at the top there and you don't seem to ever settle for this is what your membership is it's always like so it's this at the moment but what are we going to do next <laughs> <laughs> just uh yeah I can't well yeah no you're right I don't think <laughs> everything can always be better can't it yeah yeah, yeah. I and had somebody um, message this, talk this morning. They said that they wanted to come into come to the event. I said, "I'm sorry, it's not. Um, it's for members only, but you can join." Um, but she's been a member before, and I said, uh -huh. you can "Join back up. You have to come in the back door." And um, but I said, "It's so much better now. <laughs> Every month, I think, oh, it's better than last month. It's better than last month. Like once I finally finish the little bits in the website, it's going to be even better." And yeah. I felt a little bit when there was a few people that did leave and I was thinking oh, I can't believe that you would and I know it's just that not everybody's in that space at that time and it doesn't fit them necessarily and they need to be able to justify it to themselves why they need it or why they want to not be a part of it but at one point I was thinking oh, everybody who I seem to really get chatting to has ended up leaving I hope it's not me <laughs> no no I think it's it's not an it's um it's for people that are ready to to progress and i think yeah. um if i'm being very honest i think that the when you are a business owner you you believe that you need to have training and you need to be part of a community but when that community is kicking you up the ass because they can see magic in you but you're not ready to see that because of yeah. the effort you've got to put in it's overwhelming so they leave and yeah. i think that um when and it can, and also just time and it is a very time in their life. I know a couple of people that left because, you know, it was just too much. They couldn't fit it in and it wasn't mm -hmm. worth um, that they didn't have the money to pay for it. But what I said, um, you know, I think I said it on the story that it's £35 a month um, for people joining now and you make that money back straight yeah, you know we're always talking about how to make money aren't we i mean you're the queen yeah. of money challenges and um <laughs> it's my i'm not on a mission to allow anyone to just sit back and if you're coming i'm committed to helping you be the best version of you mm -hmm. as much as i can with you know with the members that we've got and obviously um and as you know i'm not going to go above 100 ever because i want it to be the best not the biggest yeah and it you know, by that point, I still know that I will know all of those 100 members because I was a, you know, a teacher and I knew all of those kids. And mm -hmm. I just know that it's, it, it I, I will be watching and making sure everyone's on, on track and wanting to do their best. But the opportunities with the coaching calls, and I know we had quite a powerful one yesterday in the group. And now we've got our, the new model for planning, which means that each week people are sitting down. And I, I saw that you've done your, your cash flow as well. And it was something, <laughs> I mean, those those um, opportunities of 
that you can create, what that I can create for everybody in recognizing that I know that I used to put off doing the cash flow all the time because I didn't mm. want to face it. Yeah. Every single yeah. time I would do it, I would have more profit and cash coming in than I realized. Every yeah. single time because you don't, you're not really, you, you, you don't know. You can look at your bank, but you don't know like what's coming in, what's going, especially if you know what's going to come in, if you've got recurring revenue, which you're going to have soon, or <laughs> you know, knowing what bills are going to going out. But the power of being on top of that and thinking, okay, my and now we have the bowl goals. My bowl goal is that at the, by the end of December. Okay, how far away am I? Okay, right. So my weekly focus. Let's work that out and just creating opportunities for people to have that. T- time and capacity for it to be guided and you're being held accountable because on Monday morning everyone was there doing it yeah like <laughs> everyone yeah. was in that space yeah no, it definitely is I and mean, I have never done monthly cash flow I've not looked I've always buried my head with it and I know that some of that's from my past yeah, but yeah. um it's now that I'm seeing that already I'm nearly at six months of my financial year and I've made three times what I made last year in profit already. I mean, last year was a particularly rubbish year. That was <laughs> before Project Worry of, Boss, wasn't it? Yeah. Project Worry Boss, that's nearly a year ago that you started that. Yeah, yeah. and it has. Like, I have pushed more and I know we spoke that some of that was down to me having mm-hmm. the operation and that I'm now ready to... I don't, there's nothing holding me back health-wise sort of <laughs> but um but yeah it's I can do it now and I can plan ahead now and I can think right I need a bit extra to pay for that and yeah it's it's good and it's reassuring as well whereas uh, when I was doing it the other way it'd be a week before I needed to get those figures done and I'd spend a day and add it up 20 times just to try and make sure I've turned it properly and I'd sit there at the end of it and think, oh, I am bloody worth it. <laughs> Why am I doing it? But now I can see where the dips are and I think, oh, that's what I need to do that. And like my hug club that is always on burner and I think I'll probably sell that every month. Probably all I'd end up being able to do. But I know if I need injection of money coming in, then I put there and that's there. But yeah plan that now it gives you a lot of clarity just knowing what's happening within your business not just waiting for once a year yeah well knowledge is power power is confidence as well isn't it and you know done is better than perfect and I think um that when you are if when you know the state of things you can do something about it but and that and it's all about that energy because it's negative energy thinking oh I haven't done my book Oh, would I pay myself? And I'm like, oh. I didn't like when I did it. I was like, what? And I had it every month. I was all do. Can I pay myself this month? And then I did it, and I was like, it's the middle. It's not even the middle of the month. I can already pay myself. What? Why am I worried? I never have to worry about this. I still, even though I've built all of these things, but yeah. unless I did my cash flow, I wouldn't. It. I would be worrying, even though there's nothing to worry. There's nothing to worry about, <laughs> and I still find that. But can I do it again this month? Yeah. Yeah, because I've done it every six months. I've done it now. I've been self-employed for 
39 months officially. I've done it 39 times. So why am I not going to be able to pay myself? Yeah, but the whole time I've been self-employed, I've never been a minus at the end of the year. Yeah. And there's only been a couple of years where it was like, oh, I've made £600 in a whole year. What on earth have I been doing? And, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been self-employed for 20 years, I think, on and off when I was a nail technician and yeah. all those sort of bits and pieces I've done, like nannying and all sorts. But yeah, I'm, I do feel like I'm finally facing it and in control of it. So mm. it's good. It's been... I feel like I've grown up in my business. You're not playing shop, you're taking it seriously now. And yeah. that is and we've spoken about that. When people around you may not take you seriously, or you they then might, you know, like people who say, Oh, what you make money out of doing that. What do you do again? How do yeah. you make money? I'm like, well, one, I don't actually have to listen to you. It's my own business. It's my business, so it's my business. Like yeah. Nobody else's business. Um but also, when you start taking it seriously, I'm like, no, I do need somebody somewhere to work. It's away from the house. I'm going to invest money in doing that, like just like you. I'm going to invest in myself. Like I know you have, you are the, the proud wonder that has done everything that I've done. Um, so you've done the Project Warrior Boss. You did. You've recently done the Glow Up, which is part of. You're going to have monthly calls from that. You've had one to one support from me as well. Um, and you started that with Pocket Warrior, which was something I did earlier in the year. Yeah. And I think that it just shows when you take yourself seriously and see that you want that investment into your brain and business, that it pays dividends. And I know that you didn't need this. You didn't need this, in the, you know, working with me on that level. But you recognised you wanted it. And I think yeah. that is very powerful too. Yeah, I think there was a degree of me that did need it as well because there was, like before I found you, I think a couple of years I'd been having um, sort of counselling, coaching with who now I have the spiritual coaching with. And at one point she actually, I think she got a bit cross with me <laughs> in the same way that you do sometimes. And she <laughs> said, what is it? She said, we have these coaching calls and you're, building yourself up and you're buzzing for the next thing and then by the time we meet in a month's time you're back to oh I'm lost I don't know what I want to do I feel really unhappy but it's been since I've joined the Vivid Club that I've moved forward with that as well that's good so I think it has I did need it as well as want it so yeah it's very it came at the right time still not quite brave enough to do those talking stories but <laughs> yeah but again you you've pro proven before that even if you're scared you can still do it you can yeah. be scared and do it at exactly the same time yeah yeah mm -hmm. well Brilliant. before we um end our wonderful conversation um again i sounded like kilroy then i don't know why kilroy's <laughs> in my head anyway um <laughs> such a 90s throwback uh, <laughs> What would you like, if you could tell yourself 10 years ago something that you, you wish you'd known then, but you know now, what would that be? I think I have two things. One would be for the business, like you have got something here and you're going to learn and you're going to grow and you're going to get the support. So even if you are only just 
starting on that journey, you will get there and it will be worth the hard work. The other one is more about me <laughs> and that's that 10 years ago, I was very sleep deprived and I would just say that they will sleep. <laughs> They're still babies, but they will sleep and you will get back to feeling a little bit like yourself. So yeah, there was a lot going on 10 years ago. Yeah. And I think there was a couple of years there, which was just, well, nightmare after nightmare and yeah. Wait until you get to like eight years ago. That's where you started to find yourself and your magic again. Yeah. And that is you, Sharon. You're definitely magic. Yeah. I hope so. I hope it comes across. That's the one thing I keep saying about my work is like, I find it really magical and I want everybody else to as well. So, yeah, it's really nice. And I think that realising that there is a story to my business and to what I make is where I'm getting the encouragement now from people who find me and that's all part of the Vivid Club as well. I think telling stories was one of the first things that you were saying that we should be doing so that was a good one, well done for that. <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on Sharon, where can everyone find you? Um, you can find me at How She Felt on um facebook i'm also on instagram and um, a website which is howshefelt.co.uk amazing thanks so much sharon you're welcome thank you see you later bye thank you so much for listening to the no rest for the vivid podcast written produced and hosted by claire hill and music has been composed by my brother phil Vidler. 